Hello, everyone, and welcome to the number 30 episode of the Pay to Play podcast. I'm Frank Geib, joined here with James Zajikowski. As always, we are the Pay to Play podcast. We talk sports primarily, uh, gambling a little bit, and I mean, I guess a lot, and uh, yeah, some finance stuff as well. But uh, James, you have a fun fact for us uh, centered around football. I do. Yeah, you know, football's in full swing now. Week four of the NFL coming up, week five of college football. I still love it uh, just as much as I did week one. Um, this one's a little bit uh, a little bit centered on the college realm of things. So legendary quarterback Steve Young. Uh, here's the fun fact. He's the great, great, great grandson of Brigham Young, um, obviously for whom they named the university BYU. Uh, so with that kind of family lineage, he couldn't not attend BYU. He was heavily recruited by North Carolina beforehand, uh, but then obviously went on to become a Cougar. And then uh, obviously after that, a uh, great NFL career uh, as well. So it's just something I didn't know about Steve Young. I didn't know he was Mormon. Honestly, that was kind of news to me. Yeah. Um, and then obviously it's, it's, it's ironic. Him. It's kind of ironic that he was heavily recruited away from the Mormons because that's normally what they do. <laughs> well said right there. Some you know, heavy like, recruiting. I mean, one of the best recruiting teams in the country, I would say. Yeah. Organizations. North, <laughs> yeah. University of North Carolina, a very prominent one. I guess what's also funny about that, one of my better friends that I've made in North Carolina uh, attended BYU, actually. Uh, two of us went golfing this past week. So uh, I sh- I'm sure I could ask him all about all he, I wanted he to wasn't, about Steve Young. He wasn't recruiting you to the Book of Mormon? Uh, not exactly. He's actually falling away a little bit. He, uh, oh. he, he drinks with me now. So he oh. uh, doesn't – not a full-fledged <laughs> full follower. So uh, – Oh, man. Andrew, if you end up listening to this, you're a good guy. Uh, And this one goes out to you, (laughs) Steve Young, and all BYU. Uh, So with that, I think, Frank, time to dive into a little bit of women's sports to get things kicked off. And WNBA playoffs have been underway for a little while now. Obviously, you know that if you've been listening to previous episodes. But now, it's for all the marbles. We're at the WNBA Finals. What could be better than this? The Washington Mystics, favored from the get-go. You know, they, they uh, have kind of run the course, no, no problems. But on the other side, you get a team that's coming in as hot as can be, Frank. The Connecticut Sun swept the L.A. Sparks and did so in convincing fashion. Yeah, um, what great action we've had these past weeks. I mean, it was kind of dominant series by the two one seeds, though. Or the, not, the one and two seed, not two one seeds. Sorry, I forgot that it's just top seeds. Yeah, oh, come there's, on. There's, there's, there's no divisions. There's, <laughs> there's no divisions or anything. But, yeah, so – uh, Connecticut swept Washington one three one over uh, Las Vegas, and Washington's a favorite in the finals here, um, minus three hundred. And James, that's going to lead us into our one v one bet for uh, basically it's going to be the next two weeks, I would think. Um, the first game is until Sunday uh, for this finals. But what are you taking? Are you taking the Mystics um, ten to win five, or are you going to take the Connecticut underdog five to win ten on the series against? Them? I'm taking the Sun. Frank, I know you are kind of being the passive one here, but give me Connecticut coming in. The Mystics, they've gotten all the love in the world. Sure, they've got MVP, Elena Deladon. That's fine. I like Connecticut coming out with some authority and showing um, the Mystics that it's not an easy cakewalk to a WNBA championship. I like the Connecticut Sun to take care of that best of five series. Well, you're, you're getting plus 200 odds, but if anyone wants to bet it on a book, they could get it around Plyley plus 250. So 
uh, if you want to bet before Sunday. But I don't know. I just don't like how the word Connecticut is spelled. Uh, there's a silent C in there that you just don't catch. It's like connect, I, cut, connect. That's I didn't actually, know there was a C in there. That's so, how I learned to spell it myself is splitting it up. Uh, yeah, I never learned to spell it and uh, because I just, I don't know, a relevant state to me. You know, the only person that I, I care about a little bit from there is Muzz. <laughs> and I mean, if he's an example of their athletic skills, uh, I'm happy taking the Mystics. <laughs> <laughs> wow! So uh, a little bit of a shot at Muzz there, but I mean, hey, the state of yeah. Connecticut—I can't we'll keep say I've the belt. Ever, I can't say I've ever been there. I don't know exactly what would be drawing me there. Maybe a Suns game, a, a Sun game. Sorry, not a Suns game, but a, a Sun game could uh, no. could could draw me there at some <laughs> point in the future. Maybe I maybe I make it up for. Uh, Little WNBA finals action at some point. Not not this year. But I bet they'll be back, even if they can't take down the Mystics. All right. All right. Let's move on from women's sports. Uh, and let's talk about uh, our Cleveland Indians and the MLB playoff race that we are under. Uh, James, we're four games back. Uh, the division's pretty much out of reach, I'm pretty sure, right? Um, we, yeah, technically. We, it, technically, maybe not. Not, not mathematically yet, but like everything but. Um, yeah. Um, but we're right, we're right in the wild card hunt. We're a half game behind the Rays, and then I think a full game behind the A's. Um, so, sure. but we're right there. We're we're on the outside looking in. We have the same in the loss column as the Rays. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So the Rays will have an off day tomorrow, and we will play tomorrow, and so we can become officially knotted up with them if we win both tonight and tomorrow. They're currently playing on ESPN as we record this. It's about seven thirty on Wednesday for listeners at home so you guys understand uh but they're playing the yankees and they're already up two to nothing in the first inning the yankees um are not coming through for us which is super super stupid so um what's funny is the rays actually aren't that hot as compared to the a's and indians are so they've kind of fallen off a little bit um but they are four and oh in extra innings in the last two and a half weeks so every time someone's had them on the brink they've battled back and been able to pull it out so I don't think that streak continues in these last four games. Uh, so a game separating the A's and the Indians, the Rays kind of sandwiched in between. Kind of, kind of going to be a fun run here this, this last weekend, without a doubt. Um, J Ram obviously coming back and he's automatic. Two home runs, seven RBIs. Dude just looked electric. What my favorite part was they they were getting into the dugout after he was getting soft high five from all of his teammates because he is just coming off the broken hand. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, um, it's great to see him back uh, already playing and healthy. I wasn't expecting him to be back this soon, if at all, this season. And just to be, I mean, to start started off just like that with two homers, seven ribbies is great. Let's see if he can do it again tonight and hopefully the rest of the way and, and maybe get us into the playoffs. And tell us about the scenario, though, if there's a three-way tie, which is definitely possible here with the game separating us three. Um, what would happen? Uh, I was, I think we have the worst record of the three teams, so we would be in the worst position, but take us through that. Yeah, in terms of head-to-head record, that's that's basically how they look at it. So basically, if the Indians raise A's finish with the exact same regular season record, um, each team will choose, a, will choose or receive a designation as A, B, or C. So um, the a, let's say the A's finish – uh, or excuse me. Let's so we all have the same record. The yes. A's finish. Well, no, um, let, we all have the same record. The A's will have the first pick of those things because they went nine and four against the Rays and Indians. So they dominated both of us in the regular season. So the A's would get to pick. Let's say they pick uh, team. They would a. pick A. Or, they would pick A. 
and then Probably the next a. team would pick. So they'd have a home game. Team B would play them, which would be the Rays, because well, the Rays they would have... get a pick. The Rays would get to pick. Let, let me. Well, let they me... would. So they would take B though. So A plays B. We would yep. probably be C. We, we had like two wins against those teams. We were terrible. I don't know we, if you would take to pick, no take because B if you're the Rays because A and B you um, so a, a and chance. B play each other and if you lose out of A and B uh, you get a second chance against C and A is already into the wild card game and then B and let's say B loses to A B and C play each other uh, let's say B beats C then it's A and B again for the wild card game. Well, so let me, hear me out on this. I don't know if you take B, because if you take B, you're playing at least one game on the road. If you lose that, you're playing a second game on the road. You win. Let's say you win that game. You're going in minus two starting pitchers into the ALDS. I think you might take C, and you play a home game and take a team that loses that first one between A and B. I think you want to play the home game when it matters a, most. You want to play two games, dude. Baseball's a game of chance. You have a much better chance of winning one out of two games than one out of one. I, I, don't, I don't care what your dumb thoughts are. You're wrong. The analytics would, would, would agree with you, but I'm playing I would love I would love for the Braves to take C because, yeah, I want the Indians to have two chances to get in the wild card game. I mean, I I, it, we're, not gonna have a, we're not going to have a three-way tie. Very unlikely. I, I hope we do. Yeah. I really hope we do. <laughs> yeah. I like the scenario. I like how they have it have it made. Yeah. Um, but already, uh, you did hit though on your over ninety and a half wins, and it's something to note because that was like the Indians were expected to win the division, and our win total expected was like ninety one. Yeah. So that there was like uh, some juice on that. I think it was like minus one forty to take that over, but I placed that back in uh, mid March. Been very happy that that is hit because it's been a rocky season given all the injuries and everything. I, I, I thought it's been a rocky season, regardless. you know, it you, has. you need you need a nice little win at the end of the season from the beginning. Yeah, no, it definitely helps. <laughs> It'll clear up some space and free up a couple of units here and there. Um, so that one is very good to see. Um, and also, I guess of note, the NL wild card is basically set. The yeah. Nationals and Brewers are going to take those spots. So shout out the Cubs for basically sucking ass, for lack of a better term. Sucking ass is the best way to do it. Uh, they're saying Joe Madden might be knocked out of there. Uh, the, I heard their fans aren't even showing up at games anymore. I What a fun unraveling it is to see with the Chicago Cubs. That's all I have to note there. Yeah, they, what did they lose? Like three three games in like the eighth or ninth inning to the Cardinals? Yeah, it was the Cardinals swept in that series. It was pretty, pretty awesome. Um, so obviously going to be a fun weekend, but I think that's about where we got to stand with uh, baseball. Um, we'll, we'll have a full playoff preview. Uh, next week, hopefully before the wild card game, and ideally the Indians will be playing in that. And who yeah, knows? If if not, we might not give you much of a preview. We might, we might not. We'll give we'll, we'll give you something, but <laughs> no, we'll give you our takes. We'll so give you, so we'll give you a bracket. We'll do a bracket. Some some people were saying if the Indians clinch a spot beforehand. I was reading this from the Indians beat um, beat writer. They're saying that they would Clevenger is currently slated to start on Sunday. They would hypothetically push him back, and they'd give him the start because he has an ERA of 1.8 since, like, mid-June or July, something like that. So, he's uh, uh, Bieber's obviously a beast, too. Um, but Clev, Clev has, earned game, has earned the wild card game, if that's the plan. I, I don't think it's set in stone, but this beat writer seemed to think so. So, with yeah. that, I, I think that's enough MLB talk for right now. Hopefully, we'll have some more fun MLB talk uh, awaiting you next week. Uh, but with that, it is gambling season. It is football season. And, Frank, we have a week three rundown of the NFL uh, to start us off. 
And I think, I don't know, not, not no crazy upsets once again, but one underdog that did take down um, a favorite was the Saints, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, basically a heartfelt, um, I don't know if you watched the same speech that I did in the locker room, but he was like, don't ever take this game for, game for granted. They went out there, they basically gave it to the Seahawks, whose defense looked abysmal. Um, and I don't know what you think about that. Per se. I, I'm, I'm wondering what where the saying take it for granted came from. Like what is what is for granted? What is uh, grant is it granite? It's not granite. It's for no, granted. no, it's for granted. So it's like basically if someone were to grant you something, like a gift or something, if you take it for granted, I'm assuming that basically <laughs> means that you like don't appreciate it. I but is I don't know. Re- I, I, good, good point. Okay, good point. Good win by the Saints. Don't take it. Don't take the NFL for granted. Um, yeah, the Seahawks. All all bird teams actually lost this week. Seahawks are not the only one. Uh, birds are in the hot seat, as uh, my buddy at Pardon My Take, Big Cat, was telling me. Uh, Falcons, Eagles, Seahawks, Ravens, Cardinals, and even the Jets. They're kind of a bird in a way. They're an airplane, <laughs> en- engineered bird. Um, but and then there's a lot of three and O teams. Um, some surprises still. Buffalo and the Forty ers man, three and O. Dallas, Green Bay, Chiefs, Pats, Rams. Um, you know, four of those teams look like they can be in the semis this year. I think that's. I don't know. Yeah, they're all three and O. And then hey, another undefeated team. The Lions are two O and one. Lions are two O and one. That that's been a little bit of a surprise to me and who do, who do they have this upcoming week again why am i blanking they are going to be giving six and a half points to the new england patriots they're given, no, given. i thought it am i being stupid i thought it was patriots bills pretty yeah, sure you, you you might be right it's patriots bills that. the lions are playing another good team uh they're playing kansas city kansas city right there it is yeah there so it is. it is i think i think the bills are going to give the patriots their biggest test of the season i don't <laughs> think that's that crazy of a take considering they're undefeated. Um, but I do think that that Buffalo defense is something to be reckoned with. Um, and Josh Allen is finding ways to win. I mean, that's all you can ask out of a quarterback. Speaking of Josh, we have another, another guy named Josh Rosen who got uh, his first start in uh, Miami. Uh, pretty impressive stat line here. 18 of 39 for 200 yards. But the most impressive thing um, besides his 21 incompletions is that he had 21 incompletions without an interception, James. So, and, and, and he, his team is showing improvement with him uh, at the helm, losing only by 25 uh, and still failing to cover to the Dallas Cowboys. And that was a real damn shame because it looked like they were in a cover all game long, and then they didn't. So that haven't one been, haven't been able to put it into the end zone, really. You know? No, that's – well, that, they have one touchdown on the season, and that was uh, – that yeah, it's just it's a matter of bad to worse with them. But honestly, when you look at those, we, we gave the linearity behind it last week. It, they lost now it's 49. exponential. Now now it is exponential. So things are really going to start ramping up, and some people are going to say, uh, "But we'll we'll talk about the Browns in a minute." But let's, yeah, it let's was, talk. It, it went from six to eighteen, so that's uh, that's three times. So if we three times it again, fifty four point swing, they're going to win by twenty nine points this week. And that's uh, against the uh, L.A. Chargers. The, the L.A. Chargers who are faltering, losing to the Texans. Uh, they're one and two, but, yeah, I doubt that. <laughs> yeah, so I will say. But some good analytics. Some good analytics for sure. Ryan Fitzpatrick is responsible for their only touchdown in the season. He threw a six-yard pass. Um, but I think that's going to change this week. The Chargers are going to be a hot survivor pool pick. 
let's quickly give um, uh, an up look, uh, an upcoming look at this week. I think the Chargers are going to be a popular pick, but I don't like them. I'm telling you, Josh Rosen at home, this exponential thing has got me a little bit nervous. I like the L.A. Rams um, coming off the win against the Browns. Even though the Browns kind of hung with them there, I, I think the Rams just um, – the way they kind of were able to hang tough in that game and just ultimately prove that they are the better team in the end, um, I think they are going to take it into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, after blowing the 18-point lead they had against the Giants, I don't think Tampa Bay comes back from that this season. Their kicker, Matt Gay, is probably in shambles. Um, and the Rams, I think, just keep cruising along. What was that? Like a 33-yard kick, maybe? Maybe 34-yard 34, 34 chip shot. and It was like a yard longer than an extra point, and it was perfectly centered on the field for him. I couldn't believe he missed yeah, it. Yeah, they had Jameis dive. Like the center, I think. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel something like that. That is, yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, so I like I like the Rams this weekend as my survivor pool pick. Uh, just just be wary if you want to take the Chargers. They're one and two. I know I have them in the Super Bowl for my preseason pick. And uh, Keenan Allen's a beast, fantasy Keenan, player, highlight of the week, uh, leading the NFL with over 400 yards receiving through three weeks. I think he had 43 points for me this past week. So that, yeah, he's certainly the guy to watch out for. I don't know if there's anyone else that really struck you struck a chord with you in the fantasy realm of things frank um i, I traded i traded saquon barkley in one of my leagues wow <laughs> i traded him for so i mean he's hurt for i'm own three in this other league i'm three and oh in our league but i'm own three so i need and i have saquon so i i am like i'm getting rid of him i that, trade him for carry on johnson and a next year seventh round pick and a next year's seventh round pick. Wow. So, so I couldn't keep Barkley. Ne- we have a keeper league. I can't keep him next year. But I, now I'll be able to keep on Johnson if I want. So, wow. That's actually a – I was going mean, to say – I think he's going to be out. They said four to eight weeks, and they said probably the longer timeline. So eight weeks, that's basically I, – I need to win six of my next eight weeks to have a chance at the playoffs in this league. I need a player. Yeah, you do. I get what what scares me about that is like who else would you keep? Because I don't think Carryon Johnson's the guy. I don't know. My my team's not great there. I need to work better. But um, who else is not great is the Cleveland Browns. They are not uh, great. We're, we're one and two. We lost Sunday night to uh, the St. Louis Rant or the the L.A. Rams. Sorry, uh, twenty to thirteen, and just a game that I felt like we should have won. James, I don't know what your take is on it. We should have. Um, yeah. I just think our defense played plenty. Gave us everything that we deserved to win that game, and our offense was just pretty horrible. I think, based off uh, my little metrics, our offense is like the fifth worst in the NFL right now, or sixth. Um, yeah, so that they they are uh, they don't look good. They they didn't even look that good in that win against the Jets, but we won by twenty, and it was on Monday Night Football. So everyone kind of just looked bad at an eye and said, "All right, you know what? This team's fine. We're one and one." We go into that Sunday night game. I can't go in. I can't tell you. Like I thought we were going to go in to win that game. I, I bet with my heart on that game, and I did say we were going to win it by taking the money line. Uh, which you know you got to find that balance between the head and the heart. We've talked about that in past episodes. Um, no, not now. When it comes to the Browns. No, not with the Browns. I suppose you only bet with the heart then, and so that's when it gets dangerous. And so I did actually, uh, based on the way they played that first half, as slow of a game as that was, the defense really um, impressed me. Those guys in the secondary, Eric Murray, I thought had a really nice game. It's tough to say like a full game when you lose uh, because you don't want to take moral victories out of that. But I really – the Rams are such a good offense. Yeah, I'll set them up. Yeah, I just think 
pers- for our own offense, um, we need to increase our tempo. Like, I know the play calling is a little bit questionable right now, but we're just taking too long. I feel like Baker's been in no rhythm whatsoever. You saw it in the first preseason game that we just did a hurry-up offense, and that that was the best drive we've had all season, like still, mm-hmm. was was that preseason drive like when we went no huddle. But I think we don't need to go no huddle, but we needed to be faster, uh, let Baker get some rhythm and consistent. Let's see. Like every time he makes a good throw, the next play is always a handoff. Or, you know, I, I'm fine with running the ball, but, like, I think allowing Baker to get into a rhythm early in the game um, and playing with a little more tempo is going to lead to more points. I agree with that. And one thing that definitely hurts, like I obviously Najoku out, he's the guy that Baker could get into a rhythm with. Um, yeah. I don't know if Demetrius Harris presents that same opportunity. Maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. But I want to see a little bit more. I want to like a, I don't know, a little play action. Like I don't, I, I really feel like we have not fooled the defense. When it, in terms no. of play action, it, there's really no. Um, no, the play calling cool definitely needs to improve right now. But, but you know. In perspective, hey, that was the team that was in the Super Bowl last year, and we should have beat them. So that's, you know, in a certain way, that's a good sign about our team's talent. And if we win this week at the Ravens, um, we're tied for the AFC North um, division, two and two. The Ravens would be two and two as well. That's right. Um, um, so yeah, we're not we're not in panic mode yet. But if we lose this week, we might be in panic mode for the division at least. So I'm holding yeah. out hope. I will be taking the money line as. As always on the Browns, uh, plus two fifty. I actually already took it, James. I told you. Yeah, you did. Credit there. Um, just, so, yep. quick, quick shout out before we move into this week's games. Yeah, Frank, you were at the top with Muzz in that league. Uh, Marty and or no, no, Marty got a win, but it's Jr. and Stump that are still defeated in that league. Speaking of worst offenses, we are in a PPR league, and Alex Stump has two hundred seventy-two points on the season. That is an average of just over ninety a game. And that's pretty, pretty, pretty bad for a PPR I think, league. I think I have like 450. Yeah, for reference, you have 458. I have 403. That's um, cool. So 272 is pretty bad. So sorry, sorry to hear that, Alex. Hope you turn things around. Um, with that, um, Frank, let's look into this upcoming week. We already talked Browns going to Baltimore. They are seven point dogs. Um, you have that money line at plus 250. Yeah, I g- give me my dogs. I'm Beware probably, of the dogs. I'm probably going to avoid that game. We'll get it to it in a little bit. I'm taking a step back and not going to be betting on every single thing I can touch. Uh, but Thursday night, tomorrow, hopefully, well, to, today, if you guys are listening on Thursday, um, Packers four-point favorites at home. The Philadelphia Eagles coming off uh, what some might call a disappointing loss. And, well, I guess everyone would call it a disappointing loss if, if you're an Eagles fan, especially uh, – the guy that, that was catching those kids thrown out of the building who had enough time to criticize Nelson Aguilar for dropping passes. I don't know if you saw that, Frank. Kind of kind of a hilarious. <laughs> it was actually remarkable. So did, did you not see the story? No, I didn't see this. Okay, so there, I don't know if it was a burning building or whatever in Philadelphia. There are these little kid, like babies being tossed from the building to save them. This guy literally is like, yeah, I'll catch your babies, whatever, on the ground. He's, he catches the babies just fine, no problem. Like, gets, gets asked about it in a news news uh, reporter video after, like, an interview. And he's like, yeah, man, I mean, no pressure or something like this. Unlike Nelson Aguilar, who couldn't couldn't catch a pass today or something like that. <laughs> like, nonchalantly drops in an interview, like, just like it was nothing. Like, unbelievable. This guy goes from saving people's lives to just dogging uh, a wide receiver for the Eagles. So, I think the Eagles bounce. They heard that. 
Eagles plus four. I like that tomorrow night against the Packers. Uh, I'll tell you this. The Packers are the second best team in the NFL based off of this points per yard metric that I like to look at for uh, kind of efficiency, how a team plays. They're, they're, bright, they're not right behind the Patriots. Patriots are way ahead of everyone else, but they are second right now because they have the second best defense based off these stats. They're just not giving up many points this year. 35 points through three games. Um, that team's looked pretty good. Uh, and Carson Wentz has definitely looked shaky, and that offense is beat up. So I, I actually think I'm going to go against you here. Um, Probably a good move. Probably a good move. I don't know. I don't love minus four lines in the NFL um, for some reason, but I, I would take the Packers if I was a betting man, Okay, which I, which right. I am. I'll, I'll be on it somehow. <laughs> New but, Orleans, Dallas, Sunday night. Uh, Dallas, a two-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Yeah, give me the Cowboys. Um, you know, I think this, this spread's a little small right now. I think it's going to move to three-and-a-half by game time. I, I don't know. I like the Teddy Bridgewater train. I might be on with no stopping, no signs of stopping, and nope. uh, I, I like New Orleans. Nope, Cowboys, top offense, top defense. Um, I think third-best team in my, my model. Saints <laughs> are just kind of in the middle. All right. Hey, trust the model. I respect it. Mine's, yeah, not, uh, mine's not up and running yet. I'm a model guy now. It's not complete, guys. I'm working on it. But uh, we're going to start adjusting for a couple other statistics that I'm pulling in. But my model is uh, based off points per yard, as I said, uh, if that makes any sense. Uh, but what else do we have? What's Monday night? Oh, another toilet bowl game. We got the 0-3 Cincinnati Bengals taking on the 0-3 Pittsburgh Steelers. So the AFC North will still have a team that is winless. And maybe you have a team that gets one win. Yeah, and I, uh, boy, do I just hate the Steelers. And so I'm not going to touch this game with a 10-foot pole. Um, and the Bengals, I just really have no faith in. I, like I said, toilet bowl. Um, I guess if I had to, I would take the under. That that would be my suggestion. I don't know. I don't where like would, either offense. Where do you get your 10-foot poles? Uh I, I just usually use sticks. It's it's more of a saying, not necessarily a oh, okay. uh, Yeah, I sorry. Heard, yeah. I didn't know if Lowe's or Home Depot, Restoration Hardware. They probably not, would. Even Menards, Ace Hardware. You know, Ace, Ace Hardware. Yeah. Ace would probably have some. But no, I, I just use sticks. I, I live pretty close to a pond. A lot of sticks around there, so Yeah, we have a pond at uh South Shore down in Columbus here. We just uh, actually we actually just put a fountain in. We have a couple fish. But now that we got oh. a fountain, we're getting some oxygen through there, a little more oxygen in the water. Wow. And uh, we're going to get a few more fish. Okay. That's all. That's yeah. good for you guys. Well, yeah, it's, a little, little project. That's great. All right. So with that, let's good, good segue <laughs> for college football. And uh, quick recap of last week. Um, Michigan gets absolutely smacked by Wisconsin. Auburn <laughs> goes on the road, takes down Jimbo Fisher and A&M as underdogs. Uh, Notre Dame plays better than I thought they would. Sean Crawford uh, kind of lived. He had, I thought he had a decent game, Frank. I don't know. Yeah, he, he, looked to... pretty, he looked pretty good for the most part. He got hurtled once, um, yeah. which I don't think, like, it's it's much worse to get dunked on than hurtled, right? Yeah, I think so, because the nature of... Like, hurtling, uh, you, you've got to tackle low. Yeah, you have to go low on the tackle. So I think that's just part of the nature of the beast. If a player's that, that quick and attentive to jump, good for him. Yeah, um, I mean, it was DeAndre Swift, just an absolute Good for beast. him or her. Let's say, let's say there's a woman playing, uh, which it, it could happen. I, I know there's is there any women's sport besides hurdles in track that a woman would hurdle another woman? Like uh, field, ho- field hockey, maybe soccer. I guess you could. You could if if they're <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so- yeah, soccer is probably your best bet. There. Maybe volleyball, like you hurdle off your teammates, bike it there's, down. I, there's probably got to be a rule against that. Like, you can't like like just step on their back and jump up. I eight feel like feet that's, that's got to be illegal. <laughs> that, that, we'll have to get Kelly Sullivan on for a quick rules interview. Uh, All right, yeah. See what she's got to say. I'm um, sorry. Okay, yeah. Let's keep going. Um, yeah. <laughs> Where are we at? Any other? We are no college football. Nothing else too substantial. Ohio State uh, went down five nothing to score seventy six unanswered against the Red Hawks. Um, yeah. And so that was cool. Um, no, nothing else really. Yeah. Um, the top ten after last week. We'll give a quick rundown. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Auburn, Wisconsin, Florida, and one loss Notre Dame stays in the top ten. Which surprises me because if they run the table, it seems like they could really just put themselves right at that four spot if uh, a few of these teams up here start losing. Yeah, so I think that goes for – there's only – like you look at those top ten, like obviously the nine undefeated are still playoff eligible. You could toss in Notre Dame there, maybe uh, Oregon, and then the lone undefeated team left in the Pac-12, the California Bear, the Golden Bears, excuse me. Um, I think that's who you have left. I think that's who you have left in the playoff picture. UCF getting – Absolutely smacked this past weekend as well. Stay, uh, they stayed in the rankings, though. I think they're 24 or 25. They stayed in. They didn't get absolutely smacked either, but they uh, they fought back in that second half, and they did not Yeah, win. they lost 35-34. Well, they got smacked, all right, because <laughs> they were 10.5-point favorites. Uh, Brennan Carney was our fan gamble giveaway winner, and he was on them. It felt yeah. like they got smacked. At, at least in that first half, it, it looked like they kind of just got bullied a little bit by Pittsburgh, who played tougher. Fan and gamble so, giveaway loser. Yeah, one and one now are our fans. Uh, <laughs> these, these will be an every other week kind of thing. Um, okay, that could be a good segue into what our our ranks are. Uh, our yeah. picks. Yeah, our, yeah, our our picks are pretty good. Um, yeah, so James, you are nineteen and nine. Nineteen and nine. That is correct, Frank. And um, I am fourteen, thirteen, and one. Yeah, lead us off with your pick because I have actually dropped three in a row. I was nineteen and six at a point, uh, but I have just not been good as of late. Well, so I'm looking here, and I really want to avoid getting to that five hundred mark. I want to be like a a positive gambler, but yeah. I like riding the same thing. It's been my method the past couple weeks. So week one, I rode the Browns as my lock, lost. Week two, I rode it again, and they won. Yeah. Week week three. Um, it, last week I rode Northwestern plus uh, nine and a half or something against uh, Michigan State, lost. So I'm going to ride them plus twenty four and a half against Wisco because uh, I think just uh, I think they're going to be pissed off. You know that they, they've they won before losing to Michigan State eight regular season games against the Big Ten. I think twenty four and a half is just crazy. Wisconsin's coming off a high, and Northwestern's coming off of a low. So I think they're going to be um, the team pissed off, whereas Wisconsin might come in a little sleepy. And that's why I, I, I got to go with Pat Fitzgerald. All right. All right. I respect that. Um, so I am going with a game. And, and so, I, yeah, no, Northwestern there. I, I love the fact that Pat Fitzgerald kind of just comes out and he speaks his mind after games just with no regard for how the game really went. He just wants none. To, he basically just wants headlines and he, he gets them. He, he deserves them and he gets them. Um, so what I've got for a lock this week, like I said, I've been cold as of late. We are going to look the direction of the Cincinnati Bearcats, the, the same team Ohio State beat 42 to nothing just a few weeks ago. They're on the road going to the Marshall Thundering Herd. Uh, Cincy is 2-1 and one on the season, 2-1 and one against the spread on the season. 
And so I like this for a couple of reasons. One, the early Sharp Report has them all over the Bearcats. I think this could be – there's certain times you want to fade the Sharps. I don't think this is one of them. I think um, they're receiving 93% of the money right now, only 66% of the bets. I don't know. Uh, 93% of the money just screams, oh, the book wants Marshall a little bit to me. But I think we're going to see that line start moving, money start shifting away, going to the Thundering Herd. So I think get on this one early if you can. It's going to be broadcast on Facebook Live. I think uh, Bearcats <laughs> can really take some solace in the fact that they are getting some airtime uh, nationally with everyone that has a Facebook profile. I think they come out and Luke Fickle has the boys ready to go on the road and not only win but cover. That's, so that's, that's my pick, Frank. I hope that turns me around and gets me to win number 20. It's been elusive for me so far. Yeah, they're lucky Matthew McConaughey's not coaching the Thundering Herd anymore. But, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I like uh, Cincy minus three and a half as well. I, I'll tell. All right. Looking I'll, tell forward. I'll tell anyone who's 19 and nine. You kidding me? You're great. You're a great better, James. Yeah, let's not get into how great of a better I am. Some <laughs> other good games to watch this upcoming weekend. Um, Utah is minus six against Washington State. Utah, number 19, a one-loss team. Um, Give me Washington State bounce back. I kind of like Washington State bouncing back, too. Um, but we'll, we'll see about that one. Notre Dame trying to bounce back. Minus 12.5 against UVA uh, at home for the Irish. I think, I think they do bounce back as well, uh, Frank. I don't know. 18th ranked Virginia. Um, undefeated, undefeated. Undefeated as well. So that'll be a very – that's a big game for Notre Dame. That could you know, solidify that number 10 ranking or drop them way down. So The Cavaliers. Um, yeah, the Cavaliers um, don't sleep on them, you know, but uh, I, I, I like Notre Dame, too, to recover. I'm a big, like, we lost last week. We're coming out and playing pissed off and going to play better. I feel I, I do like that logic as well. That one tugs at the heart of Kevin Malloy, uh, Notre Dame undergrad guy, now in grad school at UVA. So I will have to get his take oh. on that game. Uh, oh. if that, that's a little inside scoop. because he, maybe, he maybe, re- maybe we can get him recording tonight and throw a little quick segment in there. And we'd like to welcome at this time Kevin Malloy to the podcast. Kevin, a St. Bernadette Bulldog, Ignatius Wildcat. Notre Dame fighting Irishman and a Virginia Cavalier now. And like we had just said on the podcast, Kevin, Notre Dame takes on Virginia this week. Notre Dame coming off a tough loss to Georgia last weekend, but I thought their defense really showed out. And now they welcome in uh, your current school, the Virginia Cavaliers, who come in 4-0, number 18 in the country. Uh, you got any sort of analysis for us on this matchup? I get, I get it might tug at the heart a little bit. You can be subjective with us, but see if you can take any bias out of it. Yeah, hey, James, thanks for having me. Uh, so I think Notre Dame is going to win comfortably. Score prediction probably like 31-17 in that range, maybe 31-20 right around oh, the spread. Right around the spread, right around that over-under, 48-and-a-half. Yeah. I like that, Kevin. I didn't even see it yet. No, didn't even see it. And you I'm just thinking like Vegas. You might as well start making the lines yourself. But I was going to say, you've seen Virginia play in person this year uh, during an absolute rout, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what was that, 52-17, to 17, William and Mary? Yeah, I caught that game. Didn't catch Florida State, but that was the one. They were seven-point favorites, just – first time in the rankings for the year and they stormed the field on a last second goal line stop after giving huh. up four first down penalties on Florida State's last drive. It's a real wow. later. Uh but yeah, they had a good win against Pitt to open the season on the road. And then the past two weeks Florida State was a scare 
and then Old Dominion last week they were down for they were down at half I think down a decent amount of the third quarter and then pulled away at the end but a little choppy the last two weeks I think they're due for a, a loss all right I like that yeah from that from what I'm getting from what I'm getting from you I think you're saying they're a little overrated I think I kind of tend to agree um tell you what 12 and a half of the spread in this one I, I don't want to call it a lock I just I don't know if I can do that uh with Notre Dame but I think coming off the loss last week they come out with some fire playing in front of the home crowd one of those typical afternoon games you turn on NBC uh and Notre Dame kind of just takes care of an opponent uh UVA I think that finally sets in that they're a basketball school this week I don't know yeah no we know that <laughs> people go to the football games just to get their lottery points for the basketball season. Ah, okay. I agree. I hate betting on Notre Dame, but I would take them on the spread. Uh, Bryce Perkins, is it's kind of a one-man show with Virginia's offense. Their defense is pretty average. Uh, I think, you know, it'll be tough for them to ever take control of the game. I think they'll get slowed down by Notre Dame's defense pretty significantly well I'll, I'll tell you what listeners you heard it here first kevin malloy with the unbiased analysis as he's been on both sides of this this matchup this upcoming weekend and kevin we thank you for joining us on this little uh throw in interview and uh we wish you all the best hope hope uh, all is well in charlottesville yeah i appreciate it well frank how about that asking you shall receive uh, thanks to Kevin for joining us on the spot with a little NDUVA analysis. Uh, but as I was saying, Washington versus USC, uh, both one-loss teams in the Pac-12. Washington, 10.5-point pay- favorites at home. Uh, I don't like 10.5. I think Washington wins this game, but I would take the Trojans to cover. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good <laughs> enough for me. Jacob, I just like Jason, Jacob Eason's arm quite a bit, uh, but I don't know about the rest of that team. Um, Clemson at UNC, 26 and a half point favorites. And this is a, this is a big game. No, no, I'm going to it. I'm going to it. Oh, there we go. Might make it. I was going to save that for post grad plans, but okay. Well, we can skip that. We can skip that segment then. Auburn, Auburn <laughs> against Mississippi State. Auburn's undefeated, and then Ohio State is obviously college game day in Lincoln. Unbelievable stuff there. Minus 17. Buckeyes, I think I think they cover. I think they do, Frank. They're going to come out angry. This has all the makings of a trap game for Ohio State looking at years past. A uh, Big Ten West opponent, night game. Uh, On the road. Early in the season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I think uh, Ryan Day has seen enough of the bull crap, and they shut him up. But we'll see about that. Yeah. Um, I just – I don't know. Scott Frost should have stayed with UCF. Could have won a lot more national titles, I think. But um... – <laughs> Yeah, right. I I like uh, Ohio State to cover as well, um, even on the road, taking on Matt Roggenberg's Cornhuskers. Yeah, they just haven't shown me much this year. Ever since losing to Colorado, I, I doubt right. the heart that they have. With that, Frank, let's go into some sad and glad beats, recapping our betting weeks before we dive into the market talk. Yeah, it was a wild week for both of us. Uh, I came out a little bit on top. You came out a little bit uh, on the bottom, I guess. You, yeah, you could you off. could say that. You could say that. (laughs) Um, It started off tough for me, though. I was down early in the week because Houston blew a 21-point lead to uh, Tulane. Um, Kind of a wild game. Um, Dana Holgerson needs to to get that win, though. Um, I I don't know. 
kind of pissed off at Houston. Uh, I'm also mad that Baker Mayfield cannot get over 21 and a half completions. I've been hammering that prop the past two weeks, and just no, he got like 18 this past. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's tough. I'll I'll go quick with my glad beat though. I love ending on a happy note. Um, I had a huge Cornell big red double goal line stand um, for a two touchdown cover on Saturday against uh, I think Marist was the team. So they literally are up 14. This team gets the ball. The other Maris is going to score with like three minutes left in the game. Cornell holds them twice on the inch line on third and fourth and goal. Um, gets the ball back. Can't really get off their own goal line though. So they punt. Uh, they get the ball back on like the 18 yard line <laughs> after a punt. And they hold them again as the time expires, basically. Um, so big, big 14-point cover. They could have given up one of those touchdowns. So good for Cornell. Good for me. What about you, James? That's great. Um, so for, I guess there was really very little to be glad about in my, my week of sports betting, but I will find one, uh, actually two uh, nice pictures to paint. So one of them was a parlay in baseball. I believe that was uh, Friday night or Thursday Whatever it was, I mistakenly took the New York Mets full game money line, and I meant to take the first half money line. I took two other first half money lines, and um, sure enough, Jacob DeGrom was on the mound, so I really wanted to bet just the first five innings. And sure enough, they end up winning the game, and I thought I lost the bet. Hey! Log in to find out that I won it. Um, And then also the Indians, no run first inning on Sunday Night Baseball in a must-win scenario against the Phillies. I That's tailed. always fun. That's always fun when there's plus money at on the table, and Adam Pluko just goes out and dominates. Vince Velasquez had given up a run in the first inning in his last three games, mind you, and then he goes out there and blanks the tribe. Not not quite one, two, three. Carlos Santana ripped a single, but Yasiel Puig, he knew he had some money on the game. He's like, "We'll take care of business later." The Indians did just that. They went ten to one. So that was the silver lining. Not even going to talk about the sad stuff. Too much to be sad about. There's too much sad stuff in the news these days. We need uh, need some better headlines. So with that, Frank, market talk. And really good segue because good day for the market today. A little bounce back action. Yeah, the Dow is up uh, 163 points today, as uh, as all you old listeners would like to know, or uh, 0.6% for um, the rest of us, to 26,970 um, the S and P 500 climb 0.6%, the NASDAQ climb 0.1, 1.1%. Um, and that's basically, uh, after they had their worst day on Tuesday. Um, and that's basically over president Trump's political future because he, uh, basically in this transcript of him talking to the Ukrainian president or whatever, he asked to have Joe Biden investigated. Um, I get, I, there's some constitutional thing that's wrong with that. I think, I don't know. I'm, I read. I don't know. I read the transcript. It didn't seem like that bad. Because I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I just don't know the Biden situation itself. I don't know if we need to talk about that. But no, it seems like that. It seems like today. Just we don't have to talk about it because it seems like today the market doesn't care about that. It, it rebounded pretty strong. Had a good day. Um, as as I said earlier. So yeah. Um, don't worry about Trump and all his. But he does have some trade optimism, which could be helping the market, James. Sure. And like we've said before, we're not a political podcast. If you want that, go elsewhere. Uh, but we, we do have to talk it up about it to a degree to which yeah. it affects the markets to, yeah. to basically tell you. But if the markets don't care about it today, then neither do we. Um, and for that matter, uh, we can move on into looking at a couple different companies. So Nike actually just hit an all-time high uh, today. Uh, they had a better, better than expected earnings report. 
They're up to ninety two seventy nine. Uh, for a company that you know has had the long standing success that they've had, amazing that they're now just hitting an all time high and kind of getting back to. Uh, they're a company I really don't see dying anytime soon. We looked at them back when we did a stock of the week, Frank. I don't know if you remember that little segment we had going. I think you looked at them early on, um, and so I, I really they're a stock that I think I would be long on, even at an all time high. The structure that they have in that company, the integrity, etc. I still like, you know, a good Nike, uh, Nike piece of apparel uh, when I, I can. I I don't really like their their like basic socks anymore, and they, I still have. That's the only socks I really wear. But I'm like kind of getting over them. Really, like they're, okay. they're basic mid calf socks type. I don't know. So I, but, I've I've been over them for a little bit, Frank. Not to toot, toot my horn, but I go to <laughs> either go Costco or Marshalls with my socks. Uh, Puma's a brand that's coming up for me. They've got some good yeah. cushion and it's cheap. I'm telling you, six pairs for like ten bucks. Yeah, Nike, I, I, you can't I get that with of, Nike. I got a lot of Puma ankle socks, but um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I have like an Adidas pair that's like more of a flex fit type thing. I okay, know. I like it. But what other besides what about, socks? Besides socks, I like Nike. Yeah. Um, what about uh, Facebook? What's what's going on there? Facebook. All right, big deal in the world of Facebook. They agreed to buy CTRL Labs. I don't know if they call themselves Control Labs. Uh, yeah, they, they might. do. They do. All right, thank you. So a New York-based startup that's working on methods for people to communicate with computers using brain signals. So people can communicate with computers with their brain. How insane is that? The deal is worth about a billion dollars, according to CNBC. And um, it's a company that's only four years old. And so there's not a ton of publicly available information, but they claim to have a wristband which can turn brain signals into input for a computer. So you could wear a wristband, whatever you're thinking goes into that wristband, somehow communicates with the computer and basically puts you, puts your thoughts into the computer. Kind of messed up that Facebook's going that way, given all the privacy concerns, in my opinion, Frank, but I'm all about a company uh, really expanding beyond something that's really typically in their comfort zone. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a really cool technology that will be in our future. Um, not within, you know, the next few years, but you know, a decade or two down the line, um, there's going to be some really interesting brain interface technology. I think, uh, that's going to blow people away. Um, my, the company I worked for last summer, Battelle was actually working on something called neuro, like Neuralink or something very similar to what Elon Musk is working on as well at Neuralink. And it's similar to all this, but they, they were working with a, uh, paralyzed uh, person and they actually did do an implant and he has full functionality in his hands, basically like training his brain to move his hands um, through like, it's, it's just, it's some really cool technology trying to cure a great number of diseases. And that's going to be the first cases is trying to use this type of stuff to, to like, I think Facebook might take it the speech route, trying to help people with speech problems around the world. Uh huh. It seems like, um, as it says, they're trying to develop speech decoders, but basically helping um, those with some bad illnesses uh, live a better life um, through this technology in the future. So I think yeah, I'm, I, I'm long the type of technology. For sure. I like it. I, there's definitely privacy concerns and a long way to go with that. But if you're using it for good, good causes like that, I, I think it could be a very, not only uh, profitable venture, but it could be a, like a good social responsibility thing to do as well. So with that, Frank, I think, a couple other companies we'll touch on with uh, just some things I've seen in the news from them that will that'll lead right into our buy it or sell it. So first one, see this was a couple of weeks ago. The CFO of Panera. Uh, I know you were a big Panera guy back in high school. 
I, th- I think I still would call myself a big Panera fan. I don't know where closest one is to me right now, but they suffer through a hundred percent employee turnover every year. So a hundred thousand employees, that means basically they need to hire a hundred thousand new people every year because a hundred thousand quit. So that is kind of wild. I, I don't know. The, the turnover cost of that has to be absurd. And so actually yeah, it's, it's training, retraining, retraining. Yep. All that, all that jazz. Um, even in fast food, apparently turnover rates can go, go up to 150%. So basically like one and a half workers a year basically quit, yeah. which is that are hired that year, which is kind of crazy. I mean, if you, it makes sense though. It's a low wage job and it's like kind of a high, you can't really think about anything else other than like, I need to make bagels. I need to like get this person their coffee. Like you don't have freedom to think really in that job. Sometimes you're kind of just trying to react to what everyone's ordering and what's going on. So I could see it being a job that people don't love. Um, and that's why they have that high turnover. Yeah. And, um, but it is a job that obviously people love eating food and love eating at Panera in different places. So yeah, it's, it's a challenge to be able to keep rehiring um, and keep that number cheap. Like that's probably one of the things that they need to work on rather than just trying to get the number down is how can we make um, the rehiring and retraining cheaper? That's that. That's, that's one alternative. And I look at that with, so I'm going to sell working at Panera. I think if you're a high school kid, uh, yeah. uh, work at like Mitchell's ice cream or something like that, uh, or, or be a janitor. Like I was built character, um, go and, go do a job like that. Don't work at Panera. You probably have shitty hours, get there really early in the morning and get everything going. Um, I think those, those kinds of jobs are going to be automated with kiosks sooner than later. You already see them popping up at McDonald's, et cetera. Panera, I think will be soon to follow. Although they yeah, do try to make it a better experience. Yeah, but still people in the kitchen as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, that. Find a better job than that. Cause that way you don't even have to quit <laughs> and they don't have to go through the cost of hiring you. Um, so, I mean, let it work itself out. And so with that, let's go to one other, uh, I guess, food venture. Uber Eats. Apparently, every time someone orders Uber Eats, Uber loses like $3.36. 30, and I don't know how that number came about. It was in an article, and that article... It's probably, it's probably on average, like, their losses on the Uber Eats division divided by the total number of orders. Yeah, so they are still far from profit there. Because I think part of it is they just have all these rewards for drivers, <laughs> And by the by, the like how much they reward their drivers, it prevents them from really getting close to a positive net income. Yeah, I mean, you would think like you would just have the unit economics from the beginning, but I guess they don't. It's kind of weird. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see like with all the like Uber and Lyft aren't making money. I don't know if any like Grubhub or any of those types of companies that are doing delivery are making money. Um, it'll be interesting to see if like prices will rise like a lot for those companies to the consumer, um, basically, so they can start profiting. That that's definitely an alternative. It it could like what what the future will look like if like Ubers will double in cost. Same with yeah. Lyft. Right? Yeah, that would get that would get gross. That that just wouldn't be fun. I mean, I don't know about you, but I I literally check I check both apps now before I do. I do. I do. I'm Lyft. a yeah. I'm a double apper. It's like I just, I was thinking about it this week. It's probably the only thing that I do each week where I check like uh, price comparison. I like do a live price comparison. Yeah. Or something that I'm about I, to spend money on. I'm so confused because I'll get these random ass emails that, Oh, you earned a discount this week. Like what the hell did I do to earn a discount? And I have, I currently have like a 25% off for Uber. I've got nothing for Lyft. Sorry, Lyft. I'll, I'll see you next week. Maybe you'll give me like some sort of promotion then. I don't know. I don't understand how those algorithms work, nor do I want to. I will just keep abusing them until 
somehow price discrimination ends up with me on the wrong side of it. Yeah, like Postmates gives me like a free delivery code, like or like a free ten dollar credit. But then they do like a ten dollar service fee or something. So it's like I'm getting some type of discount, but not really. But all right, um, what do you think though about Uber's business model, James? I kind of I like it that like they just basically it's a decentralized employee base, um, and I think that could work in a lot of different ways. I do, I do too, because they aren't spending as much on capital. Like they have some off some offices, obviously. But yeah, yeah, most of it is human human capital and stuff like that. So I like I like their business model overall, and it's obviously something people are going to be reliant on, even if they do make that big price jump that we just talked about that hypothetically could happen. I think people are going to be at the point where you know what I need Uber to get around. I love drinking. I will not dri- drive blacked out. Well, maybe some people will start doing it. So that I I don't know. The government might need to regulate it at some point, in which case they would probably buy Uber out. Now I'm just shooting from the hip, and it sounds kind of stupid in theory, but I really think Uber's business model has done enough to capture uh, customer loyalty, and I don't know if Lyft can differentiate themselves in a fashion. Uh, so I, I'm kind of answering this from the perspective of Uber and Lyft's business model. Although they're different, the core, the core of it's the same, and I, yeah, I, yeah. I'm buying that. I'm buying that. Okay. Um, let's, let's end on a better note. Uh, South Park is back. Uh, Tonight, Wednesday night, uh, South Park season 23, and they're renewed through season 26. Just one of the best shows on TV. You guys, if you aren't watching it, you really need to. Yeah, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, um, it, just geniuses <laughs> in the world of comedy. It's, it's really great stuff. Um, and they, the, we actually talked about the Book of Mormon earlier. So they obviously wrote that play as well. And uh, so that they're renewed. That's an automatic buy. Frank, I know you agree. So with that, let's move into our post-grad plans. I already said I'm going to the UNC Clemson game. Can't wait for that. My dad is coming into town as well this weekend. Uh, we're going to watch the Browns game on Sunday, then the Indians regular season finale. So some phenomenal stuff right there. Last week, nothing too crazy, but I did talk about how the uh, stuffed cheese at pizza was an automatic buy as well. I actually had that this past weekend. Um, Friday night, called my local pizza. I didn't call it. I actually ordered it on the app. That's, I don't like interacting with people on the phone that much. Uh, but the stuffed cheese at pizza was pretty darn good. That's all I have to say. A lot of people ask, what would you rate that stuffed cheese at pizza? I gave it an 8 out of 10. I'll acknowledge I have some cheese at bias. I'll give it a 7 in that case. Uh, and then Will Rouse was in the house. He was down in the triangle area <laughs> playing some golf. Uh, so I caught up with him at the Browns Backers Bar. So that was, my, that was my last week. Looking forward to this week, Frank. What about you? Anything fun for you? Uh, I went to the Indians game on Saturday and, uh, they lost in a tough fashion. Um, they were up four, four, two, four, one early actually. And, uh, four, two, um, and what do you know? Bryce Harper's at the plate and just demolished a full count pitch, uh, to to Mars pretty much to make it five to four. It was a three run Homer. And I think we ended up losing like 10, four, eight, 10, five or something. I don't know. I left in like the eighth. Uh, but yeah, uh, that was last week this week. Uh, just some drinking and gambling, you know, all, just, all, the, good, all the good things in life. That's great. Um, all, all the good things in life. But, uh, James, we have a song of the week. Um, I thought you were looking one up before the episode. If not, I can quickly Blink-182 uh, release an album, but go ahead. I mean, I had this song. I thought it was like an old country rock type song. It's called I'm on Fire. Um, I'm on Fire. I'm on Fire by Josh Kelly. Um, Kelly spelled K E L L E Y. 
um, and Catherine Heigl. I don't know. Um, it, it's kind of a catchy little slow country rock song that I, I heard this week that I thought was old, and it's, I guess, from 2017. All right. Is what, it I-apostrophe M? Yes. I'm, I apostrophe M, that's the song. Okay. Cause I'm Bruce on fire. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen has one of the same name, and I'm assuming oh, that. Oh, it's his song. Yeah, you're right. Did, did Oh, they just covered it? You might be. I think that's it. Oh, well, that's cool. Okay, well, listen to their cover of the. Of the... Okay. Are you sure it's the same? I don't know. I don't even know. Beyond my pay grade, I should know, but uh, just, I, I've never go... heard that version of it, so whatever. I mean, that makes more sense why I thought it was an old song. I just wasn't thinking with my head. Thinking with the heart, Frank. That's that's typical out of you. All right, so with that, uh, go Browns, go Tribe. Let's make the playoffs. Anything else from you, Frank? Um, Sponsor us. Yeah, that works. See ya. (laughs)